Vincent podcast. Will Vincent joined by Ryan Wilson in what is sort of a maiden voyage on an old podcast. We're revamping the format. You should be excited. Daily podcast, 30 minutes. Everything from the NFL the night before ready in your podcast inbox early the next morning. This sounds like an insane promise, Ryan. What do you think about my silly uh, decision here? And how do you feel about being on the Maiden Voyage? I'm very excited about that. I do wonder if our old listeners back when you united the podcast, if this promise is going to be similar to the promise of all the beer you you had uh, back in the day up to our listeners. I, I starred those emails. And look, the other thing we're going to do, we're going to make it 30 minutes, pick six topics, spend five minutes on each topic, uh, notwithstanding this first yeah, I mean, look, sometimes it'll run a little bit longer, but we're going to try to keep it concise, try and get to the details, the information you need, et cetera, et cetera, yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, like, for instance, we, we, we fired up this podcast because Geno Smith signed with the Chargers. That's some breaking news for your Sunday. Not an April Fool's joke for Philip Rivers, Ryan. He really is. His backups are Geno Smith and Cardell Jones. Should I change my Super Bowl pick yet? How do you think Cardell Jones feels? Like he's like, okay. I'm the backup of Philip Rivers. I can handle this. Not a lot of work because Philip doesn't get hurt. He's going to play forever. And his agent calls him today on April April first and says, "Yeah, they, uh, yeah, they were interviewing Geno Smith and they actually signed him." So Cardell's uh, <laughs> self esteem is at an all time low right now. But I will say this: if you're the Chargers and you want a quarterback, you still draft one in the first round if you, if you sort of get to that point where you're able to. Chargers among a lot of teams who could draft a quarterback in the first round. We'll talk about one of those teams, the Broncos, coming up. Uh, first, most importantly, though, our topic off the top. Rob Gronkowski might be subject to a trade, or maybe not. Who knows? Rampant speculation running around the NFL, as ESPN's Jeff Darlington reported on Sunday and written about by our own John Breach. Rob Gronkowski not thrilled about his situation in New England. Bill Belichick not thrilled about Rob Gronkowski. Uh, Gronk apparently posted something on social media that was like, be happy, be free. Uh, Gronk hasn't told the Patriots yet that he's coming back. Everyone believes that Gronk will be back, but for whatever reason, there's still this lingering retirement chatter. Belichick not thrilled with him and Gronk tying himself to Tom Brady, which, well, duh. Yeah, so, you know, the, the speculation was that he could possibly be traded. I think our, our buddy Mike Florio at Pro Football Talk mentioned that uh, that conversation is heating up among teams, and, and I would imagine only because they just found out Gronk's available. But if I'm a team that needs a tight end and I'm interested in Gronkowski and I know this backstory that we just talked about with Belichick and he not being on the best of terms or not being friends on, on Facebook or whatever. I don't think I'm giving it more than a fourth round pick for this guy because if you give a second round pick for Gronkowski, he's going to retire in mid September. I feel like it seems like that <laughs> would be one of like the Belichick slash Patriots things that would happen. And then by December, he somehow ended up ends up back in new England playing for them as they go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal says that, quote, the longer Gronkowski goes without saying he's all in, the chances of him being traded increases, um, which means, as Breach points out, that the chances of Gronk getting traded have been going up exponentially every day, uh, you know, for the last eight weeks or so. Here's the thing. I, I agree with you. You can't, if you're Bill Belichick, you can't expect to get some sort of monster Odell Beckham Hall here, right? Like Odell Beckham is—you can't get a Jimmy Garoppolo Hall, right? Gronk has a bad back. Look, Gronk, Gronk is the best tight end in football, maybe the best tight end ever. And if you get him, he's going to drastically change your offense. But you can't. It, to me, this is the Patriots either hold on to him or he retires. Situation, I, and I don't think he would retire and do that to Tom Brady. Oh, please. I, I, 
I mean, yeah, like we're, Tom will get over it with his five Super Bowl rings. Are they going to trade him? And, and like, what's Brady's reaction if they trade Gronk this offseason for like a fourth round pick? I mean, he he would be apoplectic about that situation. Yeah, I think Giselle would would make sure he retires, and they would moonwalk off into the sunset and live happily ever after in Costa Rica, where they were riding surfboards, and have, they seem to be having a pretty swell time. I don't know if I'd want to be coming back to New England anyway. I think so. Well, let me ask you this: because I just sort of briefly thought about it. I think a fourth round pick is about as much as you could ask. I suspect it could be more for teams that are super desperate. But what's the best landing spot outside of New England for Gronkowski, not for uh, any any team would love to have him, obviously, but I think for Gronkowski's skill. It's mm, a good question. The Rams. <laughs> everyone's favorite destination. My favorite, my my top destination as I was thinking about it, it seems like because they couldn't get Jimmy Graham, uh, I think Drew Brees mm. would absolutely go blockers for Rob Gronkowski. And uh, the weather's always nice there, so you're not playing in the cold weather. I don't know if that and if that affects his – Get to hang out in Bourbon Street. Oh, You'd God, be a celebrity. <laughs> right. Yeah. Too bad Rob Ryan's gone. They could make a team uh, – uh, live together and make a team. Um, but I think that makes, a, I mean, a ton of sense. Uh, you know, Seattle makes sense, but they don't throw their tight ends. They don't, they don't care about Russell Wilson protecting him. Uh, the Rams make sense because every good player now goes to Los Angeles and plays for the Rams. But I think the, the Saints have to be at the top of that list, but they're not giving up. They give up a third round pick for Gronkowski who doesn't, Man, he, maybe, yeah. maybe. Here's the thing. If you're the Saints, Sean Payton's, Sean Payton, you can tell that Sean Payton had much more input in the draft last year. And as a result, I would anticipate that he is not inclined to, um, to give away a third round pick if he thinks he can get a quality player. Cause you said the group they got last year, I mean, Crushed Alvin it. Kamara, Marshawn Latimer, Ryan Ramchick, but yeah, they killed it in the draft. Um, so from that, per- yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they annihilated it. So from that perspective, you don't want to give up a high pick that you could possibly use to parlay into something good, but it would make, if you're, if you're trying to go all in and you know you got a short window with Drew Brees and you think you could get Gronk for a third round pick and you think you could get him to play for two more years, that's a really good landing spot. I like it. I would put the Saints near the top. Um, let me ask you this team, uh, sort of a dark horse. Sure. They Packers? Pa- they, well, they have Jimmy Graham, so they might be okay there. Although you can never have too many sort of fantastic, uh, Hall of Fame tight ends. But last year they passed on OJ Howard, much to the chagrin of their fans, uh, the Ravens. Mm. Would you, would I don't Gronk want to go to Baltimore? <laughs> no, I don't, <laughs> I don't think he would either. want to. I don't think Belichick would trade him to a, a, a conference rival either. Are they a rival? They're terrible. That offense is horse crap. Yeah, uh, but you don't want to make the Ravens good. I, I'm not convinced that Gronk's going to be good when he leaves. I sort of feel like it's a situation mm. where the Steelers let their wide receivers go elsewhere and they're not as great as they were. What they, about, what about the Raiders? I mean, he would be a perfect fit uh, for obvious reasons, but it sounds like Gruden wants to run the ball over there. So you're going to pay a third Gronk? round. Hey, Gronk, Gronk's a great blocking tight end. You can find blocking tight ends for uh, $750,000 a year. That's true. I, I do think though Gruden's been big about collecting names and, and, and things of that like. So it wouldn't be out of the question if he decided to go to trade for Gronk. But I, I like your idea with the Saints. They make the most sense. Seahawks would be interesting. I don't think, I don't think we're seeing Gronk get traded. I think this is a bunch of no. off-season guffaw. And it's the type of thing where you're in the middle of the pedantic portion of the program and you're getting, you know, your, your, your back hurts, you're tired, you don't want to deal with the off-season BS and you're floating these retirement rumors. She's not going anywhere. Rules no, I- changes. Sorry, we were up five minutes. Ding! Gotcha. That's our five minutes. Or it might have been six, but whatever. Rules changes from the, uh, from the owners meetings. <laughs> the two big ones. The catch rule has changed. Do you think it's fixed? 
looks better. It's a good start. It's three rules. I don't even know if they need the third rule. I think two feet down, con- what, control the ball is number it's two. Control is one, two feet down is two, and then a football, football move, move is three, yeah. And then they put something in parentheses that they probably should have left out as part three of the football move. But that, I mean, it makes perfect sense. It's how people have been playing football and determining what's a catch and what isn't forever. And I think it's funny because I was uh, talking to my buddy in Richmond on the radio, Wes McElroy, last week, and he said, what are the rules should be worried about? And I said, oh, I think the catch rule is the biggest one. And then, of course, like three hours later, the the spearing rule, whatever they call it, <laughs> leading yeah. with their head down. I mean, that's going to – it seems to me that's going to cause so many problems if it's, it's if it's enforced. And then the issue becomes, well, why is one officiating crew afor- enforcing it differently from another and then – Basically, the rule sort of goes away because no one knows what to do. Yeah, the, so the targeting is the targeting rule, spearing rule, whatever you want to call it. Basically, it reads you you cannot lead with your helmet. You're, it's a foul if you lead with your helmet, and there's no specific uh, specification about whether it's offense, whether it's defense, whether it's you know hitting a defenseless receiver, whether it's a quarterback taking a sneak, offensive it, lineman, defensive lineman on each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah like. Yeah, John Gruden throwing on a helmet, running on the field, and, and hitting Marshall <laughs> Lynch. John Gruden today. Yeah, it's a big Gruden show. Um, and Gruden got me amped up. Saw him at the owners' meetings. He seems like he's going to be fun. Adding Gruden is a positive, is a net positive for no, the NFL. That's a, no. We can talk about it in in the Gruden section of this conversation, but I don't think so. Okay. All right. Well, screw you. Um, <laughs> really <laughs> no, it's, but the it's it's gonna be, if they because remember in 2013. Out in Phoenix, they voted to make it illegal for running backs to lead with the crown of their helmets. Yeah, and they everybody, never called it. everybody freaked out. They're like, oh, this is going to be called all the time. It's going to be a disaster. And they've called maybe four of them a year or four of them total since then. They didn't call it at all. This would have made the Ryan Shazier play where he got injured, uh, a, 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 illegal. It would have been a 15 yard penalty on Shazier when he tried to tackle with his Literally head lowered. Insult to injury. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I guess I like it from the perspective of it's going to keep guys from lowering their heads in those situations. It's going to keep guys from headhunting. They're allowed to eject these players. So if somebody goes headhunting, you can go after them that way. But man, I mean, if Ryan, if, if, if they take away, if they fix the catch rule and then introduce this and right. call this all the time, it's going to take what was supposed to be a lack of chaos in these games and ramp up the chaos in a, in a, in a very bad way. Here's how ideally how I think I would like it to go to minimize all the craziness you just talked about. I think if it's fewer flags thrown in the game based on a hunch that, are, that an official had because they don't know the rules and instead these players are fined as the week goes on after they have a chance to review it in the league office and the players have an understanding of what that's supposed to be, I think that's a, a better way to approach it. Because um, I was talking to our other buddy, Benny Serrato, is a radio show in Baltimore. and he Former said, GM. Former GM of the Redskins. He said, look, the players respond to taking money out of their pockets. So I think that makes more sense than actually throwing fines and affecting the way – I mean throwing flags and affecting the way the game unfolds in real time on a Sunday afternoon, you find them 30 grand or whatever the scale says you find them every Tuesday. And guess what? They sort of start to figure it out. And I think that might be a better approach than trying to change the game. Uh, you know, if we saw what the, how ridiculous the catch rule had become with the Jesse James play. And what were the other, what was the other play that people were mentioned about? The Des Bryant play. Des Bryant, right. Or the original one. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the thing about the, the, Targeting stuff when when they introduced it in college, it was I mean it was it was a mess the first year, and you didn't know what people were going to get ejected for. You know, guys were getting tossed out, even though it was clearly an incidental play. And that's what you worry about is that you affect the competitiveness and the and the 
dare I say, integrity of the game by having somebody get thrown out uh, because of a, a you know a situation where they shouldn't have been thrown out when when a flag was thrown for for lowering the head. Look, if you want to get rid of spearing dudes and you want to get rid of um, head hunting, I'm all for that. And I'm all for safer tackles, but don't do it at the cost of, of making the game worse. And uh, for me, that is a, a slight concern. I'm trying to think, was there anything else rules-wise that well, came out of this? Let me ask you this, this? Uh, that yeah. sort of uh, dovetails with this. I want to get your thoughts on this because there's a report that the uh, the new catch rule was put into effect for the Super Bowl because there are two catches. Corey Clement caught that yeah. ball in the back of the end zone. It's sort of bobbled, but they upheld it. Gene Steratore did. And then there was the, uh, the catch from Zach Ertz when he sort of broke through took a couple steps, dove into the end zone, and it bounced in sort of a Jesse James way, but he had more the ball under control uh, a little more clearly. Uh, what's the head of officials' names now? Let's talk about Al, Al Riveron. Riveron. I had a chat with Al Riveron walking to the, the announcement that morning. I happened so, yeah, to be – Al was uh, – it was at the Goodell press conference and, and our buddy Ben Volan of the Boston Globe asked about this specific question and Roger couldn't have, couldn't have gotten off the stage quicker to let Al have to answer this question. And Al said, no, there was no, we had not instituted that, that, that new catch rule during the Super Bowl, but, but it sure looked like it. And at the time I remember thinking, thank God they didn't make this about the officials. And even if they did sort of retroactively go with the catch rule, I have no issue with it, to be honest with you. The urge play was just a, a catch because yeah. he, because he called people it. People were so confused they didn't know. Right, 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 yeah. Michaels and Collinsworth were in the in the were in the booth and were shook because of the previous play. The Corey Clement play totally could have been under the under the old catch rule where you don't have control. And you hear if you hear Steratore explain it on the sound effects, he's like he it, the ball moves, but he he never lost control. I mean, come on, look under under the old catch rule, that's not a catch. And, and everybody Vincent said last week the former defensive back who's now in the league office said if the ball moved, it was supposed to be ruled incomplete. Yeah. And this new rule get, does away with that. Those are his exact words to Dan Patrick. So somewhere, someone's not These guys the don't know what they're talking well, about is, is, is the long and short of it. Ding! I kind of <laughs> like saying ding a lot in this podcast. Yeah. The, are the Broncos going to draft a quarterback at number five, Ryan? No, because the Bills will trade up from 21 to 12 where they are now and move up to five to get their quarterback. The only question is, Sue, I feel like Baker Mayfield would be the perfect fit in Buffalo because he's a, you know, blue collar, hardworking kid and all the other mm. cliches we like to throw around. But, uh, I, I think. Unlike Josh Rosen. Well, I was watching the, uh, NFL Network's, uh, mock draft telecast today and our buddy Lance Deerline had, had, I think, Rosen going there at number five to Buffalo. But, uh, if you trade up from 21 to 12, you're not trading up to get a defensive end or a wide receiver, especially in this class. So you're going to have to move up to get a quarterback. You know, why would you just quit halfway through the race? Right. No, I agree with you. I think, I think we're going to see, obviously the Browns go quarterback at one. I don't think the Giants are going to go quarterback. Maybe Dave Gettleman's bluffing. I don't know. I think that we'll see the Giants go with either Bradley Chubb or Quentin Nelson. They go Saquon Barkley. They've got to be talked about him at length at the owners meeting. I mean, raving Can you about take it. A he, guard number two. Sure, why not? Who cares? I mean, 2018. You can, but should yeah. you? If you're a team if that it, won three it, games. I mean, not in this exact draft in 2014, but Zach Martin, I mean, you know, he would have been a top 10 pick, right? If you redraft it. Zach regardless Martin, of that's position. One, that's who the Cowboys took and said it when they locked Jerry Jones into the closet so he couldn't take JFF. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that was 15 Martin, or something though. No, it was 2014. No, no, I'm sorry, the 15th picker. It was like in the middle of the draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was the same. But it was the same class as like Odell Beckham, Aaron Donald, and all those guys. Like you weren't gonna, he wasn't gonna move above them. My my point is that um, if if this guy's gonna be a 15 year starter and end up making a run at a Hall of Fame, you know, gold jacket, as Dave Gettleman pointed out, you can take him too. 
It's better than missing yeah. on the quarterback at two. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, I guess. But I think, the, I think they're going to pass on the quarterback. I think we'll see the, obviously the Jets will go quarterback at three. And then I think you're right. I think we see a situation where the Bills maybe trade up to four. Um, if they don't, I guess the question is, are the Broncos bluffing at the bluffing about the quarterback position, or do you think that John Elway is is still interested in taking one of these guys? Because there is some chatter out there that he he would he's fine rolling with Case Keenum and then hoping that Paxton Lynch develops. I, I think John Elway strikes me as the type that will uh, act first as opposed to waiting around and see what happens. Case Keenum's a two year deal, right? Yes. Yeah. So I mean, he had a fantastic year last year. He was. Not, he was a average, above average backup prior to that. So I don't think you can put too many eggs in that basket to sort of extend the Easter metaphor for a few more hours. I, I think if you find someone you like <laughs> at five and he's there, you take him. This class is supposed to be pretty strong at quarterback, and you never know sort of, sort of from one year to the next how good the class is going to be. They've given up on Paxton Lynch, if not officially. He was a first, they traded back up into the first round to get him. He couldn't beat out Trevor Simeon last year, and then when he did, he got benched for Brock Osweiler. So let's be real about this. I mean, it's not great, not great, Bob. Not great, Bob. That's all right. I'm going to get that drop for this podcast and drop not great, Bob, at least once a week, maybe once a day. Again, this is a daily podcast. It's the Pick Six Podcast rebooted in daily format. You can subscribe on iTunes. Uh, Ryan Wilson joining me here on this on this original podcast to to start the new format. I can't wait to do this every single day. It'll be ready for your uh, it'll be ready for your podcast feed every morning. Thirty minutes, six topics. We're gonna try and rip through a bunch of draft stuff as well. Um, you know, look, I, I don't know. I could see, I could see. I could see the Broncos taking a quarterback. I could also see them taking uh, Bradley Chubb or Quentin Nelson there and, and being happy with it. Ding. We'll get a better sound for that, too. Which Gruden, Jay or John, wins more football games in 2018? Jay. I mean, I've been, oh. on, I've been on the anti-John train since he got hired. Number one, I thought it wasn't John's fault, but it was super disrespectful uh, that uh, Mark Davis – made Jack Del Rio go out there at his final press conference and announce he'd been fired so they could basically hire John Gruden. The man won 12 games last year, took the team to the playoffs, would have gone much further if Derek Carr hadn't gotten hurt in, in December. This year they weren't very good. But, I mean, look, if the conversation is, well, we have to hire John Gruden because we're moving to Vegas and we, we need it to uh, build up the hype, here's an idea. Keep winning 12 games a year. Uh, that would do a much better job. I've said it from basically day one. The over-under next year for the Raiders, six games. Mm. I like it. What if John Gruden got paid a hundred million dollars because he invented time travel and he plans on going back to 1998 and winning 12 games a year with his, uh, with a three-year-old Jordy Nelson and a, and a six-year-old Marshawn Lynch. I'm just I'm guessing how old they are at that point in time. That's my thing. How many times has, has a coach taken off 10, 11, 12 years and come back and just lit the, lit the NFL on fire? Even when Joe Gibbs came back, I was living in DC when he came back in the mid two thousands and he did a lot of crazy things. I mean, he traded, he traded a third round pick for uh, Mark Brunel, who was like 112 at that point. <laughs> he traded a second-round pick and um, Clinton Portis. He traded uh, – who was the cornerback that was so good from Georgia? No, no, no. Sh- no Shanahan did the Champ Bailey trade, No, no. Right? He traded – no, he traded – Oh, Chan- Shanahan was in Denver. Oh, yeah, my God, you're Chan- right. Yeah, Champ yeah, yeah, Bailey yeah, yeah, and a second-round yeah. pick for Clinton Portis. I mean, what? Yeah. A shutdown corner and a second-round pick. So he did a lot of nutty things. They went to one playoff game, I think, but they were always underachieving. <laughs> and then, you know, that trade was terrible. Insane. So – I mean, on one hand, yeah, Gibbs was better than what they had previously. On the other hand, he wasn't the guy who, who'd left there in, in the early nineties. And I don't know what, we know Gruden's been watching football because he's been calling it and, and yelling at Sean McDonough in the booth, but he, I'm not convinced that based on this free agency moves, uh, in recent weeks and months that 
he's going to build this team to be able to play in, in 2018. It looks like a running team. I mean, come on. Is it, is there any, so the thing that I'm, I'm confused about, or not confused about, the thing that I'm worried about with his Gruden haircut? is, oh. yeah, I mean, his haircut concerned you. Well, also, he's a lot shorter than you would think based on having watched him on TV. You forget just how short he is. You also forget he's thick. He's low key thick. Like he's, he's not a skinny dude. Neither of those Gruden's both have a very puffed out chest. I kind of, I mean, I like it as a, Jay must as somebody. Be taller because he played in the arena league. So, and he was a quarterback in, in college. Jay is a, Jay is a little bit taller. Yeah. And, um, the thing with John is I can't tell is, are we being, are we pawns in a, in a intricate game of, of, uh, of, of like, of, of, I don't know what the, I don't even know what game it would be. Are yeah. we pawns, are we pawns in some game being played by John Gruden where he acts like a, a country rube, but in reality he's planning to destroy the AFC West? Because these quote, the, did you see the quote he had about the, the analytics and the DJ? Oh yeah, no, I saw those, those quotes where he, you know, he's going to do it old school and he doesn't. No, really no, want- no, but they, they said, he goes, we have the best analytics in the NFL. We have a DJ at practice. Oh, he didn't say that. Yes, he said that. He said, we have a DJ at practice. What are you talking about? Is the DJ like, named Mark Davis? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't, Mark Davis, by the way, was wearing a white jeans, white blazer, white undershirt, uh, walking out of the owners meetings. Good stuff. He just came from P. Diddy's white party, I would imagine. <laughs> the, I, I, I just, I don't know if Gruden is like trying to throw he's us not. off his scent. If he said he's that, not, right? If he said that's what I was doing in, in 2008 when I was tanking with the Buccaneers so I could go work in the, uh, for ESPN and make six million a year to call eight games a year, I would get that. But then, I mean, who's he trying to fool? He's not yeah, fooling anybody. It's nuts, man. I don't get it. I'm with you. I've got Jay Gruden winning a lot more games. I actually sat down with Jay Gruden for a few uh, minutes during the coach's breakfast and talked to him for CBS Sports HQ. I think they use it on HQ. I hope they use it. And you can watch CBS Sports HQ at CBS Sports. HQ.com, uh, live 24-7 streaming network. Good stuff there. Nick Costas has a, night, a nightly show where he, he goes over picks, helps you lose money, all that stuff. Uh, <laughs> but I, t- I talked to Jay Gruden. I said, hey, man, what <laughs> – have you ever had a season like that in terms of injuries? He's like, and his face, he got this, he got this. No, thank you. Please, please, please show that and let my boss hear that. Let my bosses hear that. I haven't had a season like that because of injuries. They got devastated on the offensive line, decimated. I mean, like the Morgan Moses is limping around, Trent Williams banged up. I think they'll get more luck on the offensive line. I think we'll see Alex Smith is, is not a drop off. Now, Jay Gruden says he's an improvement over Kirk Cousins. I don't know about that, but I don't think there's a drop off there, Ryan. I think they'll be just as good offensively with Alex Smith in that system as Kirk Cousins. Josh Doxson is going to take another step forward. I think we'll see a, a, a bounce back season for Jameson Crowder. If they get anything out of Jordan Reed in terms of health uh, oh, in the no. double digit games, then that's huge. Time. Paul Richardson is, is, has a lot of upside. Don't love the contract. Um, but I think that offense is going to end up being pretty good and surprise a lot of people. So I, I like Jay Gruden to win a lot more games, even in what is probably a tougher division. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's about yeah. even. Yeah, it's close. Six, the over under of six. What do you think about that for the Raiders? No, the, that's not the over under. I think it's like eight and a half. No, it's my over under. Oh, I'll take the, ooh, I'll take the over, but not, I'll take the under on eight and a half, but I'll take the over on six. I think they win six to eight games. Yeah. I don't think, I don't, I don't think they'll be very good. No, they're going to be very, very bad. Derek Carr, Derek Carr was not great last year. Yeah. Ding. Oh, you're right. Ding. Sorry. Yeah. I don't know why he wasn't great. We can talk about that next week. (laughs) (laughs) Do you mean tomorrow? Yes. Tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Ding. 
best landing spots for Odell Beckham, who is still, as far as I can tell, on the New York Giants. You wrote a fantastic piece for CBSSports.com, ranking the landing spots. I think I linked it up like nine or ten times over the course of the, the owners' meetings and the Odell stuff. Um, but I, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't think I actually read it. Did you uh, have the? Ra- I didn't did you actually have the ra- write it, so it works out. Did you have the Rams on there? <laughs> Number one. I mean, every, okay. every team goes. Every uh, big name free agent inevitably ends up in, in Los Angeles with the Rams. That was number was one, but number ten is sort of an interesting team. T- ten and nine, two teams that won't happen, but uh, on paper, it's uh, fun to talk about. Ten were the Cowboys because Dez is definitely mm. going away soon. Uh, you're in Dallas. You're playing for Jared Jones. You're going to get paid. You're going to be, you know, a big star. And with Dak Prescott and, and Zeke Elliott, it certainly makes a lot of sense. The Steelers, I, I sort of mentioned mentioned them because I'm Steelers homer number one. But also, back in 2014, if um, Odell Beckham had, had not gone to the Giants at 11 or 12 when he was drafted, the Steelers would have taken him at 15. So it would have been Odell and A.B. playing together. But oh, that's uh, when they took Shazier. That's right. They took Shazier, and that actually worked out, obviously, until, of course, he got hurt. But the yeah. teams I put on the list um, – the Packers, just because uh, Aaron Rodgers needs some help outside of uh, the aforementioned Jimmy Graham. Dante Adams, but yes. Yeah, that's right. But, I mean, uh, they were the same draft class, too, by the way. Arizona Cardinals, they have Sam Bradford. If he can stay healthy with David Johnson and Larry Fitz playing one more year, probably, that makes them dangerous. I, I mean, I'm convinced without a shadow of a doubt that even with just Sam Bradford and no one else on that team, the Seahawks are the worst team in that division. I agree. I think yeah. Seattle is a bad team. Although it is interesting, it is interesting that like, um, and I think I heard, uh, the NFL.com guys point this out, but if you, it's a great point at those, at the coaches breakfast and they did it all, they did them all at once, but it didn't matter, but all the NFC, uh, West teams were pretty near each other. And it was very odd. Like Sean McVay's table was slammed. Kyle Shanahan's table slammed. Pete Carroll's table, eh, not so slammed, which is crazy because Pete Carroll's table is usually very full at these things. And I think that Pete Carroll probably noticed, and he'd be probably a little riled up about that. I could see them being better than people expect, and counting them out might be a foolish endeavor. I'll put it to you this way. They're better than the Ra- and then the Raiders, so I'll give them that. Yeah, sure. Everybody's uh, better Chargers is another team out on the list because uh, Phillip Rivers and anyone that can catch a pass is, is interesting to watch. Uh, hey, I'll- let me ask you this about the Chargers. Yeah. What if you are the Chargers and you call the Giants and say, listen, Big Dave, Tommy T here. What's up, pal? I'm going to offer you our first-round pick this year, middle of the first round, Good spot. Not great, but good spot. And I'm going to throw in, I can't give you another first, but I'm going to throw in Mike Williams, our first round pick last year on a cheap rookie contract. And I'll give you a third round pick. You send me oh. Odell. What do you think? I, if you're Gettleman, you, you fly Odell out there yourself. I mean, absolutely. Wow, really? A first, a first? and a third. Mike Williams, I, I'm, I can take or leave him. I'm not sure how good he's going to be. <laughs> he's a first round pick. Well, he was hurt last year, so we don't know how good he can be. I mean, yeah. and his, the, his namesake was terrible for, uh, for the, where do you go? The Lions? The old Mike so Williams? You would, yeah, yeah. So you wouldn't do a third in Mike Williams then? Just, oh no, I do a first <laughs> in Mike Williams. I mean. Okay, alright. But here's the thing, you're not getting two first round picks. And I always go back to Jimmy Garoppolo. That was a second round pick. And, yep. the, and so that's sort of the starting point of that conversation. And our buddy Doug Farr actually made a good point on Twitter this weekend, I believe. He's now at Bleach Report, but he said, you know, Odell Beckham is probably one of the most athletically gifted wide receivers in the league. And it's hard to argue otherwise, but he's not the, He's not even a top three or four receiver. He's, he said, yeah. well, he said, look, he's bigger, taller, and 10 pounds heavier than Antonio Brown. But the difference is that Antonio Brown can make contested catches and Odell Beckham can't. 
He can get open. Yeah. And when he's open, if you find him, he's going to catch it. But he's not making contested catches because he's, for whatever reason, he, he's not as strong or what, I don't know what the reason. I don't, can't get to his head, but uh, you know, AB makes those catches. And that's the distinction that, that Ferraro's making it and why he wouldn't certainly wouldn't give up two first round picks. And I think it was much less than that if wherever, you know, the trade conversation was going. Yeah, I mean, I would take Antonio Brown, Julio Jones. Yep. And they mentioned uh, Dre Hopkins is the other guy because he's slow, but he catches everything, and he's catching it from guys like Tom Savage. DeAndre Hopkins is awesome. Don't get me wrong. I think I would probably take Odell over him in terms of just pure athleticism and like how you how you can use him, but DeAndre Hopkins is not a pain in the butt, and Odell Beckham, it, yeah. Beckham's been a huge pain in the butt. All the stuff that's come out, the video of him yeah. um, holding holding a pizza crust. <laughs> uh, he was he was hungry. Uh, did you hear what Dave Gettleman had to say about that? Uh, what did he say? I saw it. What did he say? He said, "I look." He goes, "I'm an old man. I saw the flash in front of my eyes. Seven seconds long. I don't know what it does." He's like, hey, "Look, what, what, what did I see in there? I mean, look, I saw pizza. You look at me. I love right. pizza." <laughs> that's the right um, answer, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. But I think I think that video is a concern oh. for the long term. Paul, right. you know, when it comes to the Giants, the, the pro, they got to pay him twenty million dollars a year, or somewhere between Antonio Brown. They got to pay him Antonio Brown money to keep him around if they don't want him to play on the franchise tag. So I would consider trading him. And if I'm the Rams, I call and say, "I'll give you my first this year, twenty three. I'll give you my first next year because it's going to be somewhere between twenty five and, and thirty two if you get Odell Beckham, and you make the deal." Now that would leave the Rams without a first round pick in the ne- or second round pick in the next two years. But I like the move. If I'm the Rams to go out and trade well, for Odell Beckham. This, sort of building on what the Rams have done, and people have been making this point a lot lately, it makes sense. If I'm the Giants, here's what I do. I keep Odell Beckham, I draft a quarterback number two, and then I get rid of Eli after the, excuse me, after the 2018 season, and here's why. The exact reason that the Rams have done it with Jared Goff and why the Eagles have done it with Carson Wentz. You're not paying that big quarterback contract. You have these guys in their second and third years, uh, these franchise quarterbacks on their rookie deals, so they're not making anything. You can spend all that money to surround them with fantastic talent, and that's what the Giants can do to rebuild uh super quickly. You're not trying to wait around for Eli, who's going to be 45, and then you've got to get rid of Odell Beckham, so you have to find someone else to play wide receiver. You have Ingram, and that's about it in terms of a pass catcher who's competent. So instead, keep Beckham, draft a, a quarterback, Rosen, whoever you happen to fall in love, Sam Darnold, if he's there, and then kick Eli out after 2018, save all that money, and start building around uh, Beckham and, and the quarterback. Yeah, I know. I don't disagree. I think the two moves that you could do is draft that quarterback, like you said, or trade that number two pick to someone for a haul of picks, yeah. move down, and then wait and take your quarterback and, and get a bunch of pieces. But you either whether whether it's moving on with Eli this year and trying to win with Eli as your quarterback, or whether it's trying to build a young quarterback. And you're right, that's the new formula for winning right now. It, the, the the Rams. Um, the Bears are trying to do it this year. The Eagles just won a Super Bowl doing it. When you have that young quarterback on a cheap, the, the Seahawks won a Super Bowl doing it with Russell Wilson. When you have that cheap quarterback, you go out and you, you can spend in other areas. And the Giants would be wise to try and pry open a window like that by drafting a quarterback or, or at the very least, any of these situations, you need a guy like Odell Beckham catching the ball from your quarterback. It would be dumb to get rid of Odell Beckham, but they might do it anyway. And I kind of hope they do just for the page views. That's the Pick 6 Podcast. We're in the books. First show that's, uh, see, it's short, timely. Hit that commute, Ryan. Hit the, uh, hit the subscribe button if you like it. We'll be doing it every day, uh, firing up this week. We're going to try and run through all the teams in the draft. If you've got any questions, at Pick 6 Pod on Twitter or at Will Brinson. You can follow Ryan at Ryan Wilson underscore 07. And, uh, thanks for joining me, buddy. Anytime, buddy.